Hi, everybody. This is Maria Pessin, founder of For Women Over 50. I'm very excited because today we have Diane Seidel. And Diane has a very interesting story. After many, many years in the science field, she reinvented herself after 60 and became a writer and teacher and actually taught in Thailand for quite a while. And she's here to tell you her story and how she did what she did. So Diane, thank you for being on our show. Tell us about you. Maria, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, I'm very excited to have this conversation. Um, yeah, as you said, Maria, I was a scientist for many years. I was a climate research scientist in a, in a federal research lab. And um, I enjoyed my career. I had, a, I had a nice long run of it. But after 31 years, I decided I'd like to do something different. And in 2016, I retired um, from that job and started to pursue other interests. Uh, those interests included uh, yoga. I've been a longtime yoga, yoga practitioner and teaching English as a second language. Um, this is something that I had done in my 20s as a volunteer, but had let uh, I had put it aside for, for decades and decided I wanted to get back into that. So, um, so I, the first year after retirement, I, I found a, a volunteer position teaching English at a school in Washington, DC that serves immigrant adult students who need to learn English for their, uh, for their new lives in this country. And I also started working to become a certified uh, Iyengar yoga teacher, which was something that um, <laughs> it was very challenging, both physically and mentally, uh, particularly for someone my age, late 50s at the time. <laughs> but uh, both of those things worked out well in the end uh, and, and came together uh, in... 2019, by that time, my husband had also retired. He had also begun teaching as a volunteer at Washington English Center. So the two of us were now volunteer English teachers. And we thought we'd like to do a little bit of traveling. And actually not traveling so much. We thought we'd like to live abroad. Didn't really want to do traveling around like some retired people do. We wanted to have an experience living abroad. So we took our, we both got credentials for teaching English as a second language. And we started looking for jobs. And long story, relatively long story short, uh, we ended up in Thailand. And uh, I, we had a absolutely amazing adventure there uh, in the period just before the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And uh, when the pandemic started, we, we came home just days before the quarantine that we all went into in March, 2020. You and- got uh, You got home before that. Pardon me? You're lucky you got home before that. A lot of people- were Oh, yes, very lucky. Our our teaching contract at the kindergarten where we were teaching in Thailand uh, was, was finished March 1st, 2020. We had planned to fly home on March 3rd, but we were starting to panic because- 
uh, flights were being canceled from Bangkok back to the States. And so we came home on the 2nd of March instead. We arrived home on the 3rd. And on March 13th, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, we, uh, the state of Maryland, where we live, went into a uh, shutdown, as did many other states. And, uh, and that actually, for me, turned out to be a blessing in, in, in a small way. Um, well, in an important way for me, because it was an opportunity to reflect back on our experiences in Thailand and to actually write a book about it. And uh, now, um, I guess it's just about a little over three years later, um, I have a book coming out called Kindergarten at 60, a memoir of teaching in Thailand. And it talks about this experience of, of being an older adult <laughs> and doing something that is typically what you might think of as a, a gap year student or, or young, young adults uh, adventure, you know, taking a year abroad, doing something fun like teaching and, and, uh, and then coming back and settling down. We waited a while to have that adventure. Yes, and that's the great thing about being over 50 and thinking differently as we uh, now do. You know, before retirement meant at most that you traveled around. It didn't, you didn't reinvent yourself. You didn't have a new career. You know, you just kind of stayed home and, and just didn't work. And nowadays we want more. We want this part of our life to be as good as it could be and to be the next adventure in our life. And as I always Absolutely. say, have this next act be your best act. And uh -huh. you That's a great phrase. I love the way you put that. Yeah, the, and you did exactly that. So what was the impetus to make you do something like this? Well, um, as I had mentioned, I, I had this experience teaching uh, as a volunteer when I was in my late 20s. And um, I found that really inspiring. I I was working with with people who for whom the learning English was super important, making connections in this country with having just recently arrived was super important. And, and it was, it was personal. My, my research work was, um, uh, had, what wasn't like a, a person to person kind of thing. It was, it was working with data, it was working with, yeah, thinking about how the atmosphere works, how the climate system works. It was very cerebral. Teaching was a, a more, you know, Hand, so, not hands-on physically, but but it was more really connecting with people, and and that I got a real a real thrill out of that, a real um, a real burst of energy, uh, and and I wanted to get back to it, so that was that was the motivation, and I found when I did get back to it, um, this was a, a a you know four decades, well five and a half, I'm sorry, <laughs> it was about thirty years later, not four decades, sorry. Uh, and and the population uh, of immigrants to the Washington area had changed. Instead of having mostly Spanish-speaking uh, folks, we had people from all over the world, from, from Asia, from Africa, from uh, Eastern Europe, from the for former Soviet Union. Now, uh, in recent years, we've had immigrants from Ukraine and from Afghanistan and uh, Northern Africa. It's it's been amazing. I feel like I I I, I go on a world trip every time I, I walk into class. And so 
it, it, it just gives me a, a kind of a lift that I, I, I it, it's almost addictive. <laughs> it's, I get a high that's almost addictive. So um, it's, it's been great. And I do it as a volunteer. So my, my commitment, my work commitment, my hours are not excessive. It, it's quite manageable, which is, I think, consistent with this idea of, of being retired and, and having some, some more flexibility in my life than I did when I was working and, and raising a family. How many children do you have? I just have one daughter uh, who's now uh, 29 years old. So she's on her own now and doesn't need quite so much supervision. And uh, she lives here in the Washington area. And that, that, that's lovely too. So Washington DC area. Yes, should have been clear actually. I live just outside the, the Washington DC line in Maryland, but I, I, consider, I consider DC as sort of my, my city. Yes, I consider New York City my city too. But I'm <laughs> lucky I, you. Yeah. So I raised my kids in a suburb. I didn't want to raise them in the city. I didn't want them to be too sophisticated. Uh. <laughs> very young, very early. That's and true. So how did you manage to do this? Like how did you go about it? Um, well, so we first, as I said, got these certificates through Cambridge University in, in England, which were uh, you know, for teaching English to speakers of other languages. There are these internationally recognized certifications. We thought that that would allow us to, to apply for jobs anywhere that we wanted. And that's what we were told. And, uh, and we, so we, we did this intensive program, got certified, and then started applying for jobs. Well, um, there we ran into some obstacles, and uh, and the obstacles were these. One was simply that uh, we didn't legally we couldn't work in some countries. So, for example, the whole European Union was off limits to us because neither of us have, are EU citizens and hold EU passports. So, work permits weren't going to be weren't be wouldn't, wouldn't be easily easily obtained. Um, another thing that became problematic was time commitments for some programs. For example, we considered joining Peace Corps, which, which does do a lot of teaching English all over the world, but the Peace Corps time commitment was 27 months. Um, uh, I'm old, but my mother is even older. At the time she was 96, she's 99 now. And going away for 27 months just didn't seem like a, a reasonable thing. Uh, to, to leave her uh, for that long a period of time. So that was a problem. Uh, and, and the same thing for a, a number of programs in Eastern European countries. We had sort of targeted that region of the world as, as interesting to us because both my husband and I have um, ancestors that immigrated to the States from, from that part of the world and we've never been there. We thought it would be very interesting to, to live there for a while. But those programs also were two years or more. Um, and then Asia was looking interesting, but it turned out that uh, many Asian countries and Southeast Asian countries have um, mandatory retirement ages and they vary, but uh, we were too old. <laughs> we weren't gonna be uh, able to apply for jobs that our age is there. So the, the, the range of possible places to go started becoming narrower and narrower. I was getting frustrated. I thought, you know, maybe I've waited too long to have this sort of an adventure. 
but um, one program, I'm you sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, but you persevered. I did, yeah. Uh, Maria, your your voice is sort of bubbling in and out a little bit on on, on my audio, but yes, I, we did persevere, um, and we and we accepted. <laughs> we we changed our 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 criteria. We 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 broadened our 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 criteria for where we would go. We initially had said we're not going to a tropical country because I didn't want to live in a hot tropical climate. I don't do well in the heat. Um, but the only place that uh, looked like it was going to work out for us was Thailand. And Thailand, as you know, is is in the deep tropics. We ended up living at 13 degrees north latitude. So we're definitely in a, in a tropical environment. But okay, that was what, what possibility was there for us. And that's that's what we took. The other thing that the other compromise we made was that, as I said, uh, we teach adults here. I, I love working with adult students. They're very motivated. They um, they're very grateful for the classes. They they sit still during class. It's great, <laughs> and that's what we thought we would do. We teach adults, or maybe high school kids. Uh, ended up that the only position that was available to us again in, in Thailand was teaching kindergarten. And actually in Thailand, kindergartners can begin school at age two and a half. So this is what I thought of as preschool, not, not even kindergarten. Some of our kids weren't even fully out of diapers. So it was a completely different experience than we had kind of imagined for ourselves. But, you know, we just thought, look, this is something we want to do. We're going to give it a try. We gave it a try. It turned out terrific. Uh, there were challenges, of course, working with little kids, <laughs> of course. Uh, there were challenges with the weather. I'm sorry, say that again. The, the voice isn't play, clear. Did you play a lot of games with them to teach them? We did, actually. So um, all of the training that we had, and all of you know, our, our degrees, our, our certifications were basically... Uh, useless for that age group. There was no need to to develop grammar lessons or or uh, uh, reading lessons. So so the whole teaching environment was immersion, is English immersion. And so basically, we were uh, playing games, singing songs, um, uh, reading stories to them. Uh, they did actually have a fairly rich curriculum with English and math and and geography amazingly rich curriculum for for kids that age and we were teaching those lessons in english so not teaching english per se but teaching them their kindergarten curriculum in english it was an english immersion kindergarten in thailand so in that sense we were quite lucky that um in our job we didn't have to learn the thai language which is very uh, which is a difficult language for um for an English speaker to learn, but we did need it, of course, outside of school. But but to do our jobs, we were able to manage with English. But yeah, did they it, learn it, it was, more quickly than the adults? Yeah, uh, uh, yes, just just like all kids can pick up languages so much more quickly than adults can. These kids, of course, did too, and and uh, it was uh, they had had other teachers before we arrived, and. Um, they came from different parts of the world, and they so the, and the kids could understand all of our different uh, accents 
well uh, very quickly. It, they were like little sponges, and that was very, very gratifying because um, every day they'd pick up new stuff. And, you know, between body language and language language, we were communicating quite clearly with these children um, who, of course, came from high-speaking households. Wow, that's so fascinating. What was the best part of being in Thailand and doing this besides the work? Um, I think just the challenge of it and meeting the challenge of it. And, and the challenges were, were several. One was, one was that the days were, um, it was a long school day, 8.30 to 3.30. I'm sorry, 8 to 3.30. And, um, and it was tiring because the weather was warm and the kids were exuberant and energetic. Meeting that challenge was great. The other big challenge was um, spending an inordinate amount of time with my husband. We were teaching in the same class. We were living in the same apartment, a small apartment. We uh, we didn't know other people uh, locally. And um, so we were spending all of our time together. And we had never done that before. When we were working, we worked, we had separate careers. We had different interests, uh, different hobbies, different friends. We had some friends in common, but we all, we, we both had our own friends. So we were, that was a challenge. I think it would be a challenge to any marriage, but, but we, but we made it work. And so both of those challenges make, seeing that we could do those things actually was very, um, gratifying and it felt like a sense of accomplishment just just uh getting through the day the week the months and the, the several months that we were there so what's next for you do you have other things that you want to try and do um yeah so uh so i'm back to teaching you know these adults in washington the immigrant students that i love in fact just yesterday was our first day of the spring term and met a whole new uh bunch of people who seem lovely and they don't wear diapers and wow, that's just great. <laughs> so that's diapers thing. must be a help. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh and we also would we're continuing to have these abroad teaching abroad event adventures. In this past winter we spent some time in Sicily in in Italy, teaching middle schoolers English, conversational English. And so that was a completely different experience. And we hope that as long as our our health allows us and, and we're still interested that we might, you know, maybe every year or year or every other year have an opportunity to spend an extended period of time someplace, um, immerse ourselves in that culture for a little while, teach, be of some use to the local community that way, and uh, and get to know people in a different way than we would if we were, you know, touring with either by ourselves or with a group of, of foreigners. Yeah. So so that's part of the plan. Yeah. It's wonderful. What a great idea. What a great way to spend your retirement, not just traveling, but really to experience the cultures, meet the people, make friends. I'm sure you make friends in these countries and just having just a totally different life than you have in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the other great part about it though, is that uh, we do have our life in the United States to come back to. So whatever, whatever challenge seems to be uh, confronting us, 
we know that we haven't moved permanently, that we can, we'll be coming home and it makes it much easier to just, you know, let things, um, let things pass by without getting too frustrated by, by anything. Uh, and um, knowing that, you know, there's no place like home and we can come home. <laughs> yes, clearly. The United States is a very comfortable country to live in. Not less scary. It is. Yeah, it is in some ways, but I have to say it was it was very nice to be away from this country, particularly during the period that we were in Thailand. Um, the Thai culture is is a very um, communitarian culture, uh, rather than individualistic culture like ours is in many Western countries, and. And that means that people try to avoid conflict. It's a very conflict avoiding society. Uh, and at, at so that time, and I think- at waiters? I'm sorry, please repeat. Nobody's screaming at waiters? Not screaming at waiters, not arguing about politics, not, um, not you know, getting upset in traffic, you know, just it, it, there's a, a Thai phrase um, to have a cool heart, to, you know, to not get overly emotional about anything. And it was actually quite lovely to be away from the U.S. for a while where, where I think politically this country was in a very charged um, period of time, still is to some extent, but not quite so much as at that time. And just to leave that behind for an extended period was was very refreshing to, to be in a place where everybody tries to keep an even keel. It, it's sort of ingrained and, and to learn that skill, that was a gift. That was really a gift. Wonderful. Wow, what a great experience. And if somebody wants to do this, what would you suggest that they do as um, the first step, get the certification? Or well, you know, Maria, I don't think the certification turned out to be so required, um, particularly for older folks, uh, because as I mentioned, you, you may not be able to find a job at, at an advanced age. So there are programs that will will train you to to teach English, where you can you know, find the program and do their training for teaching abroad. Uh, and then it'll be more integrated into the, the local needs and the local school system. So, so I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend that same path that we took. Also, there are now, um, there are volunteer organizations. So we were looking for a, a paid position, but this, this experience I just described in Italy was a volunteer gig. And for the volunteer programs, you don't need a certification. Uh, and and they tend to be shorter duration. So maybe a nice little introduction to the whole concept of teaching English abroad um, or doing other kinds of volunteer service abroad. Uh, there's, there are a number of different ways to go about it. And, and I think doing some research, maybe starting out smaller, uh, you know, having one short term experience before um, making a longer term commitment, maybe it may be a bit of advice that I would give to someone who's just starting to think about something like like this experience that that I had. Was there a community of teachers that you were able to be a part of or did you really feel oh, you guys were alone? Great question. Um, so often English 
uh, Americans or, or English speakers abroad um, congregate with others, you know, uh, other expats living in the community where they are and have their social life. And, and many of the people who were in our orientation program and teaching in other parts of Thailand, younger people than us, by a long shot, people in their 20s, that's what they did. We heard you know, from them later, you know, I hang out with the Americans at this bar on the weekends, and da, da, da. We didn't have that because where we were living, there were no other expats as far as we could tell. We would even go into um, the, the bigger towns nearby and, and go into major stores. And, and we were the only Western looking people in the store. So we didn't hang out with other expats. We did make friends with some of the other teachers in school. Um, who were all either from Thailand or from the Philippines. So uh, there are a lot of Filipina teachers in Thailand, but they were all 30 years our junior. So, you know, they were single, young, single women. They had you know, different interests, different um, different uh, social lives than, than we had. They're very sweet to us, and, and uh, we did spend some time with them. They, they helped us get organized. They were always very, uh, very friendly, but... Socially speaking, uh, I, I would say we were kind of on our own. And, and as I said before, that, that was an experience in itself. I think if I had been there myself as a single woman or if, if I was married and Steve hadn't wanted to come along with me, I think I would have become more close, closer with some of the younger women in, at school. As it was, Steve was the only male in the apartment building where we were living with the teacher's apartment building. And it was a little awkward that way. Um, in the book, I, I have um, a theme running through the book, this concept of making friends with Thai people. It, it, was, it was challenging, partly because of language reasons, partly because of the remoteness of our school, and be, partly because of the age gap between us and the vast majority of the other teachers in, in, in the institution. So, uh, yeah, maybe so I read a lot. Maybe you'll start a trend of um, older women going to do these kinds of activities. <laughs> yeah, Diane Seidel, the trend said that would be, I've never been known as a trendsetter in my life, but that would be fun, yeah. I mean, there's many things you can teach overseas. It doesn't just have to be English as your second language and you can volunteer in any kind of capacity. You're a nurse and maybe you can be, you know, part of Doctors Without Borders. You know, there's so many ways that you can volunteer and do things overseas and spend time overseas helping people. So I think that, yes. that's a great- Yeah, I was just gonna say, I just read a couple books by um, other Americans who who in their later years have, have uh, done other kinds of volunteer work, one working in a, 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 a housing in the slums of Bangkok, another couple, this was a couple who had gone to um, uh, Bangladesh, and we're helping set up um, a small craft industries in villages uh, for, with, for female employment to give women some sense of empowerment economically in the community. So yeah, there's tons of opportunities. And if anyone is interested, um, uh, you know, just doing a quick Google search will, will pop up many opportunities for volunteering abroad. You're absolutely right, Maria. Uh, I think it's wonderful that you did that and that you continue to do that and that you shared your story. So I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests, which is what three superpowers have you developed since you've turned 50? 
Okay, well, <laughs> superpowers. I guess um, none of these are, are super duper powers, but they're, for me, they're superpowers. And one of them is uh, simply uh, the ability to make time to do the things that I think are worthwhile in, in life, to, you know, to try not to be too distracted by the to-do list that uh, is a way that I can easily fritter away time and, and waste time. So to, to try to carve out chunks of time for, for meaningful things. That's number one. Um, another thing that I, I've been very grateful for recently uh, is learning how to make new friends um, who you know, at this stage in life. And, and that's come mostly through this writing experience. As I've been writing Kindergarten at 60, I've been taking courses. I've been working with writing critique groups. I've um, gotten to know some of the local writers in, in my area. And, and I've become friendly with some of these people. And, and I'm very, very grateful for that. And it's not a superpower, but it's definitely a power that I'm working on and that I'm super happy to have. Um, and then the other superpower, I think, is teaching. Um, I, as I've said before, I just get a huge uh, surge of energy, a, a sense of well-being from, uh, you know, spending an hour teaching a yoga class or teaching an English class and, and having someone afterwards come up and say something about, you know, that, that they enjoyed the experience or that they learned something new or, or I, I, you can just tell that, that it was meaningful for them and it's been meaningful for me. And I would say, um, you know, turning toward teaching as a, as a activity for retirement has been a superpower for me. So those are my superpowers, not so super duper, but, but for me, they, they're very meaningful. They sound like superpowers to me. I mean, making friends for some people, very difficult. So that is a superpower. I would say for me, it is difficult. I tend to be introverted and, and, uh, and, uh, and it's work. Yes. But, but definitely worthwhile for sure. So Diane, if someone wanted to buy your book, how would they do that? When is it coming out? Do you have a date? I do have a publication date. It comes out June 20th of this year, 2023. Um, it's available for pre-order now, wherever you get your books. <laughs> so Barnes and Noble, Amazon, bookshop.org. You could order it, pre-order it from any uh, bookstore. Uh, and so uh, again, the title is Kindergarten at 60, subtitled A Memoir of Teaching in Thailand. And in that, in that it's, it's not a how-to book. It's, it's more of a a memoir, but uh, but there are definitely some uh, bits of guidance that are, are lessons learned, lessons that I learned that might be useful for others who, at you know, for, for women over fifty looking for uh, an adventure in in the, in the third trimester. I heard that term, third trimester of life, and it sounded kind of nice actually. Like, How old are you? I forgot to ask you that question. Um, I'm now sixty four. Yeah. Okay, so you're well into your 60s at this point i am yeah yeah so anyway it's been great having you on our show and i'm really excited to share this podcast with our audience i hope you enjoyed being here i enjoyed having you maria i'm very grateful to you for having me on this show um i hope to connect with some of your listeners at some point and uh want to wish you all well in whatever whatever adventure awaits you down the road. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. 
You too. Hi, everybody. Maria, are you still there? Yeah, I'm trying to stop the recording. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not, don't want to end the meeting. I just want to stop the recording.